What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. And this is Mind Over Magic. What's up, my friends? This is episode one. So thanks for being here from the very beginning. We're going to tell you a little bit about who Matt Franco and Eric Dittleman are. It's weird to refer to myself in the third person like that, but I did it. We're going to talk about what this podcast is, and thanks for joining us. It's going to be a good time, right? I'm excited. So that's uh, this is it. We're doing it, Matt. We're on. This is our first episode ever of Mind Over Magic, and uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while. I've been trying to talk you into it for years, I think is fair to say. <laughs> so we figured, why not uh, be super original and start it during the quarantine, since no one else had that thought to start a podcast now. I think we're the only people who decided that we had time now to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're original. We're going to be trailblazers in the field. <laughs> and I don't know who's counting, but it's 11... Let's see, 1117, so 117 days since uh, my show shut down, and so it only took us that long to actually get to our computers and do this. I'm impressed that you kept a record of like the number of days since your show ended. Every so often, I say to Siri, hey Siri, how many days has it been since March 14th? And she tells me. Oh, wow. Did you know you could do that? (laughs) I did not know you could do that with Siri. Fun facts already, and we're 20 seconds into this thing. This is unbelievable. (laughs) Well, we should probably tell people who we are. uh, If people found this just by happenstance, stumbled upon, don't know who Matt Franco or Eric Dittleman are or what this podcast is. Uh, I mean, that second one we're definitely figuring out as we go, (laughs) for Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out all of those things. Yeah, yeah. But I figured instead of just us giving our own backstories, why don't we try and do our best to give each other's backstory of who uh, we okay. are? Okay, so, you want to you want to start or should I? I'll start. I'll start being uh so I'll describe you, Matt Franco, as best I can. And okay. we'll, we'll start from when you were little. People like, are already logging off, but let's go. <laughs> well, let's see. You were uh I know you're from Rhode Island, but I'm going to say you were born in Providence, is that right? That is correct. Mentalist. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point it's going to line up to where I actually do know things about you, but <laughs> fair enough. But we'll, we'll try it from here first. Jeez. Uh, so, so you were young, you were a baby, obviously grew up uh, in Rhode Island. Were you, were, Johnston, Johnston, Rhode Island, your whole life? That's correct. Your, your young, your young life rather. Through high school. Through high school. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten to high school yet. <laughs> I'm going to say you started magic when you were young. Uh, I, some of this I'm trying to recall from the uh, Brothers video in your Las Vegas show you you know, of where it talks about your history. But sure. you were young. I'm going to say you started magic around um, five years old. Is that that's right? About, that's about right. Four or five. I'm not sure. Probably around four years old before kindergarten. That's impressive. That's really great. And I know it kind of consumed you, your life. It was kind of your hobby throughout. I remember from the brothers video that your brothers were like into sports and then you were like at home practicing magic. Uh, I believe you did like a few uh, like magic competitions when you were young, maybe too. Did you do like a Lance Burton competition? I submitted a video and got rejected, but I saved the rejection letter. Okay. (laughs) That counts. Yeah. I have it framed somewhere. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, that's fantastic. But you definitely competed in Las Vegas at one point when you were young. I, I that yeah, that I got accepted for, so I just submitted a video and got picked to perform at a Las Vegas convention, yeah. What was this like middle school, like seventh grade, my guess? Uh, I think I was around fifteen. So 15. maybe ninth or tenth grade. Okay, great. So then you went through, started doing magic throughout, uh, hobby, performing semi-professionally, casually amongst friends. But then you went to school at URI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And you studied business, yes? I, I did, yes. Okay, great. I'm nailing this, right? <laughs> you are, actually. <laughs> um, and then straight out of college, you went into the college market, and that's where we met. Yeah, performing for college campuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we met at a Turning Stone, the Turning Stone Casino in Verona, New York. You know the and, year? Oh, uh, no, let me think. I would want to say it's around 2009 or 2010. We met 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so then I'm going to say you performed in the college market for maybe two or three years. Was it three years? Four. Four years. Okay. Yeah. Great. And we, we became very close during that time. Mm-hmm. And then you went on America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you won the whole damn show. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so this is the part where I'm up to speed now because I was there for that, and I remember all this <laughs> stuff. Um, so since then, since winning the show, you did your own TV special. That's right, yeah. Matt, Matt Franco Got Magic. Was that That's what right. It? Yeah. I worked on it. I should know the title. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and now you are, well, before Corona times, you mm-hmm. have your own Las Vegas uh, show at the Link Casino called Magic Reinvented Nightly. That's correct. And you've done a bunch of guest spots and various television shows throughout. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that brings us up to speed on where you are now. Yes? Did I miss anything major? No, no. That's a, no. That's a, a wonderful winded introduction. <laughs> I'll take it. Winded? It was guessing a lot of it. <laughs> Well, no, I was just saying that because my, my intro for you is, is two full sentences. So Two full sentences? <laughs> no, I'm just joking, but can I, can, I, uh, can I do yours now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All tell, right. Tell the people who I am. So we've got Eric Diddleman, America's favorite mind reader, mm-hmm. right? I'll, I'll Born... take that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know how true that is, but yeah, sure. All right. My favorite mind reader. Great. Love it. <laughs> So I want to say you were born and raised on the mean streets of Massachusetts. Yes, the whole state. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what was the name of the uh, the name of the town? I've been to it, Grafton. Uh, that's where I was current. Yeah, that's where my mom currently resides. I grew up in a town called Westboro. No affiliation with the Baptist Church. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that's that's what most people know the the, the phrase Westboro from, which is very sad because it's. Not anywhere near. You want to so, take a guess of where I was born? <laughs> like which hospital? No, like city. <laughs> Boston. Good guess. That's correct. <laughs> no, I, I know. I just yeah. know. I just okay, know. good. <laughs> so now not only have you studied mind reading mentalism, but as a kid, you, you started with magic. You studied magic. You've gotten mm-hmm. into mentalism since then. Uh, you are an enthusiast of games and puzzles. Oh, Yes. As well as trivia, which could be proven by a recent episode of Cash Cab, where you and your brother crushed it. Yes, yes. And no, not a single question you got wrong, even. Uh, there was like a shout out, but they might have cut that. 
but uh, it didn't count towards our, our score. It didn't count towards our score. You didn't have to admit that if it was cut out. I just want to <laughs> say that. Oh, wait, no, we might have gotten that right, actually, now that you say that. <laughs> anyway. I want to say distinctly, I remember that I didn't know any of the answers, and you got them all right. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. What, el- what else do we know? Uh, oh, not only magic in the variety arts, but also an improv background. Yes. And you did some studying at, I want to say it was UCB? Uh, yes, the now um, no longer has a theater in New York, UCB, correct. As well as some other ones. I did some Second City and uh, Improv Boston. It was kind of where I got my start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. This was 10 years ago we met. That was at the Turning Stone, as you already mentioned. And we met during performing at colleges. We were both touring the country, performing for college campuses. It was right around the time we both went full-time. And you had gone on America's Got Talent, and really it was your successful run was unprecedented at the time, really, because you'd really paved the way for lots of other magicians uh, to come on the show even. And and you were my inspiration for uh, taking a shot on the show. And a lot of people don't realize you were the first magic category act to be able to approach the judge's desk. Right, yeah. We see that all the time now. But you were the first one, at least that aired, that did that. Yeah, there was there was a little precedent before that. I think Dan Sperry approached the desk and did his dental floss thing. So that's kind of had the idea, but he didn't do the full trick at the desk. He did get a good reaction, but uh, definitely being the first mentalist on the show, I had to figure out a way to approach and do things with the judges. So one of the ways was mm-hmm. you know getting up close to the desk and doing something with them. So yeah, I guess yes. I'm the blame for all the other mentalists that have been on the show since. <laughs> So you're performing, you're full-time uh, performing magician for many, uh, performing mentalist, I should say, performing mind reader for many years, and now residing in New York, performing at theaters and what, pre-pandemic and corporate events and college campuses, and now even virtually. Yes, yeah, I had to adjust a bit now with the pandemic uh, to do my show online, and hopefully one of these days we'll get back to performing in front of real audiences. That'll be a treat. Someday. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? Did I did I do all right? That was good. You missed some miss, TV credits. Of, oh, oh, are we doing TV credits? All right, hang sure. on. I'll rattle yeah, some yeah. off. We got Kelly and Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got, uh, uh, let's see. Let me think for a second. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, Ellen. We've got, uh, I mean, a whole list of talk shows and things, but are there specific? is there a specific one that, you, that, that I missed? Uh, there's two I'm thinking. Oh, well, I, now is, I gotta figure it this, out. This is gonna be, yeah. This is uh, to see how how good of a friend you really are. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh how am I supposed to know which two you're thinking of? All right, let me think. Well, we, one's one's a TV show that's pretty popular and on currently, that uh, also has to do with Vegas magicians. Oh, oh, Penn and Teller show. Yeah, Penn and Teller fool us. I was okay. on that. And mm-hmm. then one was uh, a big theater here in New York City. Oh. That I think you flew out to see me perform at. You mean The Illusionist? Yeah. Ah, Broadway. <laughs> on Broadway. Yes, yes, Broadway. yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, gotcha. Hopefully that didn't just sound off as me, like, tooting my horn. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just thought I had covered that when I said America's favorite mind reader. I thought that implied he's been to Broadway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't even look at me like I missed it. I just said it in different words, really. 
Yeah, of course. Everyone just assumed. <laughs> I, I, I love how we just considered Broadway a TV credit. Where, where does that come from? Oh, yeah. From? Yeah, whatever. Like, oh, you missed a TV credit, a, uh, Broadway. A, a credit. A credit. I don't know. I don't know. All right. It feels weird bragging about yourself. I don't like that feeling. So. No, I don't like it that, either. That's why I had you do it, but you missed some great stuff. <laughs> hey, look. I'm doing my best here. This no, is no, episode no. This one. is good. This is good. Episode one. So now that that's out of the way, though, of who mm-hmm. we are and what we're at, uh, yeah. what? so what's the show? What do we do on the show? Should we let people know? I mean, uh, as I said, we're figuring out. We're working out kinks. We're working out audio issues, all this technical stuff we're figuring out. But uh, but this is a good way for us to catch up because, I mean, we, we tend to just call each other and have long conversations anyway. We figured other people might want to uh, get in on that and hear what we have to gossip about. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we offer a unique perspective. We got you in New York, me out in Vegas. So we have these uh, catch-ups, like you said, long, long catch-ups every so often. And it's good to bring people in to kind of the inside of the entertainment industry and what's going on and just our perspective of things and – we have some segments that we're going to hit, too, that we've kind of talked about prior to uh, jumping online. So uh, hopefully people will enjoy what we're doing. Maybe eventually we'll bring in guests, but for the time being, we're just going to kind of lay this out and, and see what we're talking about, whether it be professional or our lives. Yeah, I agree. And, and some of these segments we might, we might try might be a one-off thing so uh we're looking for feedback if you like something let us know if you don't like something we'll try it and then we'll maybe never do it again so (laughs) that's kind of how we're gonna roll (laughs) absolutely uh but yeah so so how have you really adjusted towards this whole like pandemic life i feel like that's a good place to start because this is again we're both so used to performing live shows in front of audiences and then all of a sudden like you said march 14th boom it was kind of gone it vanished Mm -hmm. i remember like even just going to some broadway shows as an audience member to watch and that was like the last moments of like live theater before everything shut down and it even felt weird being in the audience at the time because like it was all sort of building this coronavirus stuff and uh luckily like there was no huge outbreak then and i didn't get sick or anything like that but uh but since then it's just been like stuck at home and our careers are kind of like well not ours personally but our industry live theater is going to be the last to come back because it involves large gatherings of people (laughs) In confined spaces. In confined spaces. So so what have you been doing to uh, deal with the time off? Mm-hmm. Um, and how have you approached that? Well, it was it's really hard for me to sit still. I like to be busy. So it took a few weeks at least to kind of really warm up to the idea of going through the same thing we're all going through right now, given the situation. However, now that it's been 117 days... I honestly feel like it's going to be hard work to get back into it. Whenever that is, I've gotten so comfortable being able to not have to be on stage every single night. It really is a whole different thing. As much as I love doing that, it's like it's a muscle that I haven't exercised in a long time. So I can sit at home and practice techniques and research and write and create material. But without the audience feedback, it's really hard to know uh, if something's working or not. And I'll give you a couple examples. So I, I performed, you know, a lot of performers are doing these Zoom type shows and things mm-hmm. now, whether it's music or magic or comedy even. And you, I know you've done some. 
Yeah. And yeah, I've done, adapt. I did a couple this week, which were first thing in the morning and they weren't on Zoom. They were kind of like GoToMeeting or some, some other similar app. And not only, I couldn't see anybody. Right. They could see me, but I couldn't see them. And there was no chat that I could see. You're just performing into the void. It was like performing <laughs> for a wall. It was very strange. So I'm still I mean, not completely adjusted. Some of the shows I do, that's essentially what I was doing anyway. So, you know. <laughs> I like I your honesty. Some, some live shows where no one shows up, you know. Especially <laughs> if you're doing some college campuses and they don't advertise. It's just you and, like, the activities board there. <laughs> that's oh, kind of like performing for a wall sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't miss those situations. I really don't. But I've been through many. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely weird. It, it's funny you say that it's it might be difficult to get back into things because I've definitely always said humans are amazing at adapting, right? So, like, this situation is now sort of the norm where we are. It's like you wake up, you don't leave your house or apartment, you do all the things, like you're saying, like practicing, working on new stuff. Uh, you know, I'm logging in, trying to market my virtual show, and that's become the norm. So now, like, the next step when we start to reopen and go back to, you know, a semi-normal life of live performing, like, then there's going to be a whole step of me needing to do a social distant compliant version of my show where, you know, masks on, people can't touch people, people have to stay six feet apart while on stage, plenty of hand sanitizer um, needed. Uh, and I just haven't even started working on that show because that just seems so daunting after I just created this whole virtual show and had to adapt to this situation. So it's, uh, it's constantly evolving and, and we have to just kind of uh, adjust as things uh, change. Let me tell you, I'm aware of some shows happening right now on a small scale. So just, just to be clear, at this moment, the day that we're recording this, it is uh, July 9th. Shows on the Las Vegas Stripper are not happening currently. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is shut down. However, I do know of some shows, people we know in the business that are doing shows on a smaller scale. Maybe it's a smaller corporate event where they're doing the social distancing, whatever. Let me ask you this. Client calls to bring you to a corporate gig, but you got to fly there. Are you in or are you out? Uh, the gig's in two weeks. Oh, it's in okay. two weeks. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm worried about it, but I know people who have flown in this time relatively safely. Um, I had some friends, you know, go to Florida for family and so forth for, for personal reasons. And, uh, you know, they did all the precautions, like put the mask on and everything. And, and some of the empty flights, they can like keep the distance so people are far away from each other. Uh, but I, I also heard flights coming into New York specifically that were crowded and people weren't wearing masks and you know yeah. kids screaming and running up the aisles and stuff like that. So that still worries me. But you know, there's a price for everything, Matt. So if the price <laughs> is right, <laughs> so if the price is right, you're there. Perhaps, yeah. And 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 considering all the precautions and figuring out if it's safe enough, you know, I don't want to put myself in harm's risk uh, or other or people or, or other people, other people yeah into harm's way yeah because I, I mean being in new york we're in one of the hotbeds although it's worse in other states now but hot spot um, i don't know hot is it a hot bed or hot spot um i don't know what are words i don't think it's called a hot bed okay a hot spot sure all right 
<laughs> Do they say hotbed? I, that's that's a new I one. I don't for know. Me. A hotbed, a hot bed of activity. Maybe that I'm missing it something. It sounds like a totally different thing to me. Well, maybe maybe we should have a hotbed. Maybe that's the cure. <laughs> you just heat up your bed a little bit, especially in the, yeah. the winter months when it gets when it gets cold in New York. Hey, listen. I hope people aren't coming here for facts because we haven't provided any yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the tricky thing, too, is like every kind of situation, every corporate gig or whatnot is kind of their own, whatever they're comfortable with. So mm-hmm. like if I can if they can make me comfortable along with what their audience is going to be dealing with, then, yeah, I'd consider it. But I know a lot of people are booking things now that are for, you know, the fall who are like, we're hoping that this is going to be a live show. But then we're also I'm also having a clause in the contract that says, like, if things you know, downgrade and we have to lock things back up again or things are unsafe, we have that option to switch to a virtual show or, you know, change it on the fly per se. So, right. I don't know. What would you do if you had a, a corporate gig, say, let's fly you out to, I don't know, Abu Dhabi or, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even mean like far away. I just meant, you know, in the somewhere States. Else, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the States. Well, I was joking because I just figured that all international travel, like Americans aren't allowed anyway. So. Yeah, we're not even allowed to go. So that's an easy one. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Honestly, I, I kind of want to get my regular gig up and running first. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Vegas residency up and running first, ideally. But, but who knows? I mean, we just don't know how long this is all going to go on for. So it's it's really hard to say. But I'm I'm, I'm not eager to because even once I get there, even if it wasn't about the plane ride, I mean, how do I do the socially distanced show? And am I flying? It depends on where I'm flying to. Does the state have a mask requirement? So am I performing with a mask on? Is it outdoors? Like, which I don't right. normally do. Like, it's really, it's really a complicated thing. More than people realize because all those little details, if you can hand someone something or not in the audience, all those little things change what we do. Do you do card to mouth? Probably not for the next 10 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> or five years. Yeah. So that's just a piece that was in your show that's just gone, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I took it out before we even closed down. I'm not sure if I told you that. No, I don't know. I didn't know that. No. Anything that involved too much uh, interaction came out. Cards across, card to mouth, things that involved a little bit too much audience interaction. Just uh, rather than have an elephant in the room, those things came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know? smart. But you you adapted. You were doing the Facebook shows for a while too. Yeah. So, so you were every week. You were doing what? You were like coming up with new material just to practice in front of an audience. Yeah. I also just wanted a way for people to stay connected. It was, especially when this all first happened. Uh, I just really wanted a way to be able to stay, bring a smile to people at a time when I felt like we needed it the most. So. Mm-hmm. And you did that for like five, six weeks, and then yeah, just... we did seven episodes total. And then you just stopped and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I, you, you know, it's a lot of work and I needed a little yeah. bit of a break. And yeah. uh, now it's turned into this, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that seems like a long break. Then. <laughs> is hey, it going to come back or is this, this is the iteration of it? Oh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of figure it out as we go. I'd like to do some more things, too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it's tough. So, so that was the way you were kind of staving off the boredom part by keeping busy and trying working on, you know, 
different projects and i know you were when i when i visited you before quarantine and all this stuff you were always deep into a magic book working on something new uh, a new technique uh just you have your little table set up with your mirror in your the three-way <laughs> mirror was that moved out of the kitchen did tiana eventually kick you out of the kitchen it, it moves in and out periodically okay good yeah yeah i've been getting a little better about putting it away so oh nice <laughs> have you so, been doing go ahead sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh i was just gonna say is so, so that's how you've been staying staying busy mostly for the most part, I try to take a break from that too. Yesterday, we went to a lake, which is kind of like the Vegas equivalent of going like a beach day. We have mm. Lake Mead, which is a national park over here, and had a great time. Looked up at the clock, and eight hours had gone by that we were just wow. hanging out on the water. And sometimes it's good to get that type of escape too. But yeah, I, I asked because there's so many people that had a hard time adjusting to this lifestyle like i said most people i believe humans are adaptive species but some people it took a little longer to get into this new reality because they were either you know uh kind of uh anti just they couldn't com comprehend everything that was going on right so mm -hmm. they're a little a lot of wallowing self-pity but the thing that drove me wild was just the people that were like i can't fi fill the hours in the day and i was like there's so much that i can do to fill the day whether it be reading or just i mean all the things on netflix like i feel like you could watch everything on netflix <laughs> yeah well you and i have talked about this before neither of us have any trouble at all combating boredom because boredom almost doesn't even reach us because we're i think we're both overwhelmed with things that we want to get done and accomplish is that fair to say for you I think it's also the procrastination that I've had for the years when I've been on the road of all these projects I wanted to get done. And it just kept throwing things on the back burner like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. Right. I'll, right. I'll work on this book or this other thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now I finally have the time to start tackling that stuff. So I've had this back catalog of things I should have been doing this whole time. <laughs> what's been on the agenda this past week? I talked to you about a week ago. What's, what's been going on this past week? Um, this week it's mostly editing projects and, the and figuring out some stuff with this podcast, uh, yep. cause that, <laughs> you know, that, that is, uh, definitely figure out the audio layout and, um, and prepping for a show. Are you trying to imply I didn't do a lot of the legwork? Uh, I mean, imply is a strong word when it's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it took me years of convincing to get you to even agree to come on here with me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what are you doing for tomorrow for the big day? The big day? Yeah, what? like to celebrate, I'm saying, for the big day tomorrow. What's the big day tomorrow? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God, Is Diddleman. July 10th? July 10th, yep. It's the, um, hold on, it's the seven year and four day anniversary of my bar mitzvah is, is that it what you that's no. not accurate that can't no. be true you had a late bar mitzvah one month <laughs> <laughs> i think it was in june i don't remember there's no way your bar mitzvah bar, mit, bar mitzvah was seven years ago oh yeah yeah no that's right <laughs> you're trying to convince people you're 20 years old Shh. <laughs> i'm no. just bad at bad at math when i'm on air are you, are, you, are you ready for this? Tomorrow, within, within Las Vegas, it's actually Matt Franco Day. 
<laughs> is it really? July 10th is Matt Franco Day as of like 2015, I believe. Wow. Or 2016 or 17. It's been a few years. But I think I also share that holiday with like National Margarita Day. So that makes know, sense. It gets overshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a Johnny Thompson Day. A lot of people have days here in Vegas. It just in Vegas. By the way, when you said it gets overshadowed, you mean Margarita Day gets overshadowed by Matt of Franco Day. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. Last year, when we were actually working during uh, Matt Franco Day, my staff at the show, my team at the show, chose to celebrate the Margarita Day instead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, <laughs> so, that sounds, that sounds so you, nice. You decide which one overshadowed which. But anyway, there, it's a holiday tomorrow, so maybe you should at least pretend that you're celebrating and tell me what you're going to do. Uh, well, I'm going to do a show. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm glad I'm already honored. Am I invited? That's, a, that's about it. No, it's a first school. So I can't even, I can't even go. You can't even give me no. like a private link. I have more questions about Matt Franco day. Do you get like a key to the city? Like, is that a thing? I have, I have that or a key to the Vegas strip. I have a key. It's a large glass key. That was on the same day that I, what is yeah. it open? What is it used for? Literally, I haven't found what it opens yet. If anything, I have so no it's proof. Symbolic. Of it. I always wondered that when you get like the key to the city. I thought it would be like a cool like skeleton key where you can lock any door in the city. That would be cool. That would be yeah, dope. It, it would. Now I believe there are levels here, so I think there is a key to the city, but I believe mine is a key to the strip. So I'm still I'm still working here, you know. So the the key to the strip. Right. Maybe now that the strip is partially reopened, it opens some stuff. I don't know. But when the strip was closed, I couldn't get in anywhere. So I don't think it works. Well, it's funny because when they did close the strip, like a lot of these casino doors closed for the first time I had ever seen because yes. they're usually just wide open with people coming in 24-7. So when the doors were closed, did you try your Matt Franco key <laughs> to get you in? You know, it's uh, funny <laughs> enough, and I'm not sure, maybe I sent you a picture of this, but like they literally had to put chains around the door handles of the casinos. And I went to go see locks. this. Yeah. These were doors that have never been locked, ever. Well, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it's a casino, open 24 hours, so it was really apocalyptic. But now it's it's uh, back in business a, a little bit, a little bit, but I haven't been there. You should have taken advantage of that and, like, filmed some sort of you running down the empty streets of the, you know, the Vegas Strip. Because I'm just thinking of, like, there was that zombie movie they filmed in London, and they, like, closed one of the famous bridges because they shot it like early in the morning and apparently the way they got that shot was just telling people who were out at that time to mm -hmm. like just politely cross the street or go somewhere else while they were filming which is wild but then also in um vanilla sky tom cruise they shut down all of times square and i have no idea how they did that but they wow. just like made sure no one was in times square so they could get this empty shot of him running through Times Square because, you know, it's it's law that Tom Cruise has to run in every single one of his movies. Tommy C. He's got to run. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So I think you should have done like a Matt Franco running down the strip with no one there. And like it could have been a new post-apocalyptic zombie movie <laughs> intro. I did not do that. But I will say uh, the only other people that I did see were content creators of some kind, whether they were photographers taking pictures of fountains drained out and things like that and all the lights off but there are some cool videos i'm not sure if they've surfaced online yet but i, I know some people that have created some really cool content that they got away with i don't think you're really supposed to be doing it uh on the closed down strip that will hopefully people can find on the youtubes 
Yeah, that makes sense. I would definitely, if I was an influencer, I'm not saying I'm not, but if I were an influencer, I would be, uh, I would be taking like glitzy photos in front of the abandoned Vegas Strip. That sounds like a great background. Uh, the word influence I can't even get past you using the word influencer. I, I still don't even really know exactly what it is. I know? think I have like a, like a couple thousand followers. I don't think that qualifies me to be an influencer by any means. But the word influencer just makes me uncomfortable to begin with. <laughs> well, it's funny because like in the mind reading world, supposedly we're influencing people's thoughts, but that's not what this means. No, this no. is this is brand influencing, right? I, I guess an influencer is like. Yeah, I put on a certain pair of shoes. So-and-so puts on a certain pair of shoes and, like, posts a photo of it, and then other people want those shoes. Is that how it works? Yeah. We sound so old right now. I know. <laughs> Especially after you claim to be 20 years old. Shh. <laughs> Eric's bar mitzvah was seven years and four days ago. And I'll never forget the date because it coincides with my Vegas holiday. So people are learning more about us than I thought. I'm pretty sure I missed that by a factor of at least 12. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a I have a segment we can try. Oh my god. All right, let's hear it. You wanna try this? This is um, uh this is a new segment I'm gonna call Diddle Me This. So I have a riddle for you, Matt, and I want you to try and solve it. On air. <laughs> I can't wait to see how not smart I seem. Here we go. So talk it out. I'm here to help if need be. But I'll you got it, buddy. It. Okay. I have a book in which the end is in the first half, the prefix is in the second half, the forward comes after the epilogue, and the index comes before the introduction. What's the book? One more time. You have a book. One more time. Yeah. I have a book in which the end is in the first half, the prefix is in the second half, the forward comes after the epilogue, and the index comes before the introduction. What's the book? It's a prequel of a trilogy of some kind or something? Um, no, that is incorrect. Okay. <laughs> What's it's, the book? It's one book. Yeah, just one book. But, like, am I, am I searching for a title here? Like, sure. Yeah, let's Huckleberry go for a Finn? title. Um, yeah, but a little bit simpler than that. Like a dictionary, it, but not that. Well, talk it out. Why isn't it that? Oh, it is a dictionary? Did I just <laughs> get it by accident? You did. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, that took you way, that was way faster than uh, I of thought all this the word, would go. I, I said it as an example. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so the, the key is in the... Uh, as I'm saying the riddle, certain parts are literal words in the dictionary. So, so when I have a book in which the end is in the first half, so end is obviously in the E section. Wow. The prefix is in the second half because P's are in the second half of the book. Forward comes after epilogue alphabetically. And the index uh, comes before the introduction again alphabetically. So you nailed that <laughs> just by guessing. I got it without understanding any of what you were just saying, explaining it. I didn't even put together, you know, end is in this half, certain mm -hmm. words. Wow. I hope you have more riddles because that that went by like a snap. Yeah, that was supposed to take a good 20 minutes. Of <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be signing off now. Thank you, everybody. Good night. No, that's all I got. I'll come up with another one for next time, though. Okay.
Yeah, I like that riddle. That's a fun one. And I think I've even come across that in one of the escape rooms that I've done. There's there's a lot that pop up. So uh, so I have a whole book of riddles. Some are so obscure that I have no idea how to even solve them. But uh, good thing there's an answer key in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to come up with riddles too? No. No, no. I think the segment's just me asking you riddles. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and and again, if people don't like the riddles, well, we we'll, maybe we'll never hear from that segment again. But listen, uh, listen, we'll I like I like we'll the segment. I like the challenge, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm into it. You got one vote. Okay, great. That's all we need. Yeah, for now, that's all for we now. need. I mean, that that's the whole. That's everyone we have to vote at this point is me and you, as yeah, far as we yeah. know. There's there. This is just like those shows I was doing this week that were virtual. There's no guarantee anyone's even hearing this right now so right this could just be going out into the void it could that's where in it is in fact to make me feel more at home i put a literal brick wall up <laughs> where i'm now broadcasting too are you gonna do graffiti on it just to feel a little you know edgy or no that's that seems wrong matt you don't want to you don't face it to <laughs> face my home setup <laughs> all right but what's the point of the brick wall uh, it was a joke. It's okay. <laughs> Let's move well, on. I, I was trying to, you know, abide by improv rules here. I didn't want to be like, no, you don't really have a brick wall. I was giving you the old yes and. <laughs> did I not apply that theory correctly? No, you did. did. I- it's just I, it, it, the bit didn't have a lot of steam. <laughs> I'm finding that-, that with most of the bits so far. Oh, wow. <laughs> not yours. Just in general. In uh, in improv, we would have edited that scene. <laughs> Just be done. Just and blackout. <laughs> I've got one more self-absorbed thing to bring up here. Oh, let's hear it. I'm well, no. excited. It's 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 kind of a tough thing. Uh, we are less than a month out now, so this has kind of been on my mind a little bit. Less than a month out of a five-year anniversary of uh, of my show in Vegas. Does it even count? Like the five-year anniversary was, I think, August fifth. Oh, if you start and stop, you mean? Well, yeah, I've been off for, what is it, four, five, five months. Is that even, like, or is, does it count now? Is it still August 5th? Um, I think it still technically counts as long as your name's on the theater. It is, but no one, <laughs> so, I, I have no way of proving that because everything's closed. That's fair. <laughs> so it could be a five-year anniversary of your name on the theater. No, because that came later. That's oh, okay. not been there for five uh, years. So that's a different anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> that came the, at the same time as the holiday and the key. Gotcha. Okay. So that was great. like 2017 or something. But All right. it's kind of a bittersweet thing. Like, what am I supposed to make of it? Is it like a sad day? What is it? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, how do you? Uh, I guess you say like it's been five years since I started. Assuming that it'll open up again, we'll we'll be able to celebrate other anniversaries. Yeah. No, it will. It will. It just it just feels odd. And also, it, it just totally skews. The number of shows you've done in that amount of time, too. Just taking five months off is crazy, and, it, and it's going to be longer. I had a similar thing happen when I reached the anniversary, and I think it was also five years, of my Amazeball show, which isn't the same level as your Vegas show. Let's be honest. Mine's a bar show in the back of a comedy club where, where people just try out random stuff, and it's a place to fail. And that's uh, been but- five years, though. 
Yeah, I think it's been about five years. Yeah, what's most impressive? What's most impressive of, of that is that you started that show from the ground up, from nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At age fifteen, just two years. <laughs> just right after my bar mitzvah. <laughs> two years after your bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah you started that, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so because we've already proven I'm bad with times, who knows? It might have been it's ten years for Amaze Balls, or it might be one year anniversary. See, I'm really bad at tracking time. <laughs> for anyone who knows me, I'm also really bad at estimating things. <laughs> so, just is when I'm right? on air. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, what's an example of something you'd be bad at estimating? You never heard the story of the the most famous story. I even say it in my show now because it's kind of funny. Is uh, my brother once asked me to guess how much his cat weighed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the context came. I guess they had just taken him to the vet and they wanted to know. And I kid you not, I guessed. 50 pounds for a cat <laughs> what how do you have know. no idea what anything weighs at all if, if no, that's the case i don't case? know i have no idea i figured it was maybe a couple of bowling balls I, how much are bowling balls i don't know <laughs> that means i mean there there are certain ways of measuring things that humans have mm-hmm. so that means you've avoided ever picking up a dumbbell of any kind oh definitely that's true right so it's <laughs> But that's just one. That's just one way people know to measure Do I look like I've picked up dumbbells? No. Have you ever owned a pet? No. Never had a pet. Well, that would be another measure. Have you ever owned a scale of any kind, whether it be for vegetables or people? or? I mean, a people scale. But what am I going to do? Put small items on it to see how much it weighs? Well, I would think that if you have ever stood on a scale, you would have some relative knowledge of what something else would weigh. I guess, and I, I divided my weight by what I thought a cat would weigh. <laughs> I'm just thinking in my entire lifetime, like there have been in, in situations How much where, does a gallon of milk weigh? I don't know. I don't know either, but it's got to be right? It's got to be certainly less than 10 pounds, maybe three pounds, maybe two well, to five. I was definitely going to be over 10, so when you, <laughs> said, <laughs> when you said that it was under 10, I was... It, I already it, felt bad. You know, now that I'm really thinking about it, I would guess maybe five, but I'm, I'm really not sure. Well, I'm bad when it comes to, like, estimating, like, size, because people this comes up quite a bit, where people are like, how large was that theater, right? Oh, and, like, how many people were in that? And I was like, I don't know. It could be 10. It could be 10,000. I mean, not that extreme. <laughs> I think I could know the difference. That's but. something that's really hard to do, even for people that are in theaters all the time, mm-hmm. like, like you and I. Uh, we always tend to estimate that the, there are less seats than there really are. It's very deceiving in most cases how many seats are in a theater. A, a small improv theater could feel like 20 seats and it's 110. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm close to knowing the exact size of like a 100-seat theater because mm-hmm. that's a lot of, you know, like you said, improv theaters. But like um, where, where did you do your AGT audition? Like, what was uh, that, that was at the Dolby, the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles. Like, do you well, have any guess of how big that theater is? I think it's about 3,000 seats, but only because someone told me that. 3,000. I'm yeah. going to look it up. I wouldn't have known that going into it. And that's the number of people they have in there when they have the equipment. That's when they're actually taping AGT, when they have the mm. jib. So certain seats are cut off for the judges' table right. and things like that. So it could be a bit more than that, but it's around 3,000. And then Radio uh, City Music Hall is around 6,000. 
Okay, you were close. Yeah, 3,400 people for Dolby. Yeah, so I think their actual taping audience size is closer to around three. Okay. Because they kill seats, you know? Yeah. Which is sad for the seats. Nobody's talking about that, but it is sad. (laughs) Uh, This is unrelated, uh, but I remember being an extra in a movie called um, Celtic Pride when I was little. Because my dad had like... um, season tickets to the Celtics so I guess they were filming this movie it was with Dan Aykroyd and Damon Wayans and uh, uh, Daniel Stern right this classic movie if you haven't seen it but we're in the Boston Garden and our seats were so high up that uh, instead of other extras around us they just literally had cardboard people sitting next to us oh my god (laughs) so I was like that that's a way to fill seats I guess (laughs) but just doing cutouts i remember i was little i tried to steal one on the way out and like the production crew saw me and <laughs> yelled at me and i had to put it back <laughs> oh my god how old are you i don't know oh, this is me estimating again probably 30 no um, <laughs> no this was probably you know high school or middle school maybe when you look at a child do you have any idea what what age they are uh, I, I can guess between like high school, middle school, college, but like other than that, no. I know. I'm talking about like, like between chi- ages. Yeah. Like, can you like tell if someone's four or five, five year old, four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Do you, could you pinpoint those within a year or no? No, not at all. And Two that, years. To me, all children are just that that's a child over there. <laughs> that's a child over there. Gotcha. I, I think now that I'm an uncle, I'll have like a better gauge uh, as my niece grows up. And yeah. like, because right now, like, and I was like, oh, that's what a one year old is. <laughs> you know, that, that face. 50 pound cat. What are you looking at? Siegfried and Roy's collection? What are you talking about? The 50 oh, pound I didn't even cat. Think that's about crazy. Tigers. What do you think tigers are? <laughs> 600 pounds. Oh, that might be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a Mac pat? Like a Mac truck? Mac truck? Mack truck? What do you mean? How much is a Mack truck weigh? I haven't a clue what a truck weighs. I, I, I'm not uh, sure. I think it varies and depends on the cargo or something. I'm sure this is thrilling, my terrible estimation skills. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you thought the cat was 50 pounds. I'm thinking you were looking at a cougar at this point. No, just a small house cat. My brother still <laughs> makes fun of me for this. This comes up a lot. Well, it's going to continue to come up now that I know about it. <laughs> No longer can you escape that when you're not with your brother. Uh, but we, what were we talking about? We were talking about the anniversaries. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amazeballs. All right. So, so I was like, all right, uh, balls. we're celebrating our fifth anniversary. But since the pandemic, I didn't want to do like an online version of Balls, just because I felt that show is so raw and I wanted this kind of underground quality to it. it I just don't think it would have related well for online streaming. Mm-hmm. Also online streaming can potentially live forever online. And that show also encourages people to, you know, mess things up and try new things that might not work. Right, so I didn't want right. magic secrets revealed living online per se. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, so, so it kind of came and went and I think I just made a Facebook post like today would have been our fifth year anniversary. Oh, well, right. we'll catch you the next time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think so are you going to do a Facebook do. post at least? I suppose. <laughs> you could do suppose. a face- Facebook show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there'll be a show, but there will be a, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, some sort of. Can we at least get you streaming like you very sadly cutting an anniversary cake? 
where am I going to get the cake? I got to make a cake? Are they selling no, you cakes can order now? a cake. Do you know you can have people write anything you want on a cake? And you could do this for no occasion. You could just go to a supermarket and be like, I need a cake, and can you write this? And as an adult, and you're purchasing it, they do it for you. Yeah, like for, a, for a long imagine. time, I thought it had to be an occasion, and it could only be like, happy birthday. But no, people are willing to write whatever you want on a cake. You think that's new? I'm just saying, this is a, is a realization I had recently. Are you going to take them up on it? Are you going to use this new skill? I mean... I, I used it once uh, okay. for, for a friend. It was at, at a, <laughs> this is, I think you know this story, but uh, a, a comedian friend of mine was uh, interested in bringing a lady friend back to our, we were sharing a hotel room, me and, me and this comedian friend. And uh, I was having people in the hotel room at the same time. So I kind of prevented his, uh, his plans for that evening with his lady friend. <laughs> so the next day, I uh, got him a cake. I went to the supermarket and got him a cake that said, sorry, I blocked your cock on the cake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't believe you got them to write that. That's that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They can write anything you tell them to. <laughs> so you mean really anything? Yeah. So as wow. I bought this cake and had them write that, this older woman comes up who also was getting a cake for her daughter's birthday or whatever. Oh, my God. And she's like, what are you having them write on that cake? <laughs> Why did she ask you? She, she was, was just curious because, like, the person was writing it and laughing and having a good time with it. So we told her, and then she had the best response. She just goes, don't mix up our cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Props to her for the great comeback. Yeah, that was Unbelievable. Great. That's where I would just say that, oh, it's a happy birthday and I keep moving. Oh, no, no. Oh, Everyone. man. Everyone in that cake aisle knew. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Don't mix up our cakes. That's fantastic. See, it's, this is about 20 minutes too late. When I said, what are you going to do for the holiday tomorrow? You should be like, oh, well, I made you a cake. Oh, I could probably order one for Don't, you don't bother. Have it, have it delivered. It's too late now. Now it was my idea. It feels out of pity. It, just, it wouldn't yeah, work but now. What, but what if it's one of your like fancy vegan cakes? <laughs> I'm not really a big cake guy. I, I don't do yeah. sweets too much, so don't even no. don't even worry right. about it. It's the thought that counts, and now that I've right. told you about it, I know you're thinking about it. Yeah, I am thinking about it. I'll, yeah. I'll at least like wear a, like do a makeshift hat I can make, and be like, "Yay, it's Matt Franco Day!" Not in New York, only in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> you got to show your true friendship. You got to get on a plane, show up here to Vegas. Not no, the price isn't right. <laughs> The price isn't right? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, the price has to be a certain point for me to get out of Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we'll uh, see if we can figure what that what is. Figure out what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Episode Anything one. else? Episode, Episode one. How are we doing? I think it's going great. Yeah, is this, uh, this is podcast material, you think? Uh, we, we will find out. <laughs> What's, the, what's even the barometer? How do you even, you know, how do you really measure? I guess it's whether or not you're having a good time. Well, we, I did set up um, social media accounts. So mm -hmm. if you check out, um, what is it? At Mind Over Magic. No, Mind Magic Pod. I just set these up. Great so, plug. Great <laughs> plug. What is it? What is it? Do you know? It's at Mind Magic Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I believe. You can email us 
at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Yes, we have okay. a Gmail account. And uh, we can hear feedback that way. We could say how much they like the show um, and uh, don't tell us things you hated because it'll hurt our feelings. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've got a, this is the first go at it. And, and eventually we might be streaming these things live in real yeah. time. It, once right. we get a little bit more used to how to handle the technical aspect and so on. But so I got a couple other things just to run by you, and, and maybe we'll, there might be some dead time that we end up cutting out of this. So even if we run a couple minutes long, sure. I think today's maybe a good day to, to touch yeah. on a couple things. Let's do it. All right. Uh, let me get into the first one. So in a few days, like I said, we're recording this right now. It's a Thursday. It's July 9th around noon, Vegas time anyway. I love uh, that you just keep uh, stating the date and time as if you have a, like, need an alibi. <laughs> just in case, like, something happened. It's like, he's like, oh, no, July 9th. I was definitely here podcasting. Uh, uh, no, I no, I have nothing to do with that murder, officer. <laughs> It would be so much more suspect. I admit it does seem suspect now that you mention it. But it would be so much more suspect if I was referencing like a previous date and you realized it. I just keep oh, yeah. claiming it's July 7th. Yeah, it's the 9th. You've said it several times. I don't want there to be any question as to where I was at this time and date. No, that's not why I'm doing it for the record. Okay. All right, there's too yeah. many true true crime podcasts that I've heard so I don't even want to get these thoughts in my head now. Um, in a couple of days, because this hasn't happened yet. So you were never a Tannins camper, right? No, I did go as an adult as a guest counselor a oh, couple times. Yes. Okay, cool. So you've been to Tannins camp. Maybe you can help me then. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, definitely. so just a, a quick background. Tannins camp is a magic uh, event that happens each year where young magicians, aspiring magicians can come and learn a lot. I think it's a serious study of the art of magic. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, some of these uh, classes are pretty advanced. Like in normal times, they would like actually break the campers up into like uh, like intermediate coin magic and like beginner card magic and like advanced stage performance and stuff like that. So yeah. the, the tracks can be pretty specialized to the students' needs. But the goal is just to like, you know, move people further down the path in their progression of magic learning. So in case there are any young magicians uh, listening, in which case, ignore the whole conversation about what Diddleman wrote on the cake. <laughs> yeah. Do we have to add an explicit tag? <laughs> I think now we do, just based on your cake. Um, no, I don't know. I'm not sure where that word falls on it. It's right, just we'll a chicken. It it's just a word for a rooster. That, yep. Perfect. <laughs> um, it was a rooster cake, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes, and? Good old, it was to promote... KFC. <laughs> uh, so I've never been to the Tannins camp. But anyway, if, if this does air prior to that happening, I think it's this weekend. I think you can still sign up, and I think it's free. They're doing a virtual Tannins camp this year. I was ne Unfortunately, I never got to be a Tannins camper, but I'm taking part in the virtual Tannins camp to do a, a little bit of a session. And I'm hosting a session in which uh, people are doing talks, kind of like you did. You had mentioned you'd gone in person to do it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did a little performance, and I yeah, I kind of popped into some classes. Yours seems a little bit more formal. Well, it's just and, virtual. 
in terms of what yeah so, oh, so you're doing like a lecture what's your topic what are you talking about well that's actually what i wanted to talk about because i don't know the audience well because i've never been to it so i will say so what i'm doing is i'm hosting a session in which there are four or five speakers doing their own topics mm-hmm. and they're uh it's a it's a pretty serious group of lecturers uh they are not just names in the magic world but um broken into household names even and yeah. it's a it's a it's a serious session so there are going to be some good talks yes. and i want mine to be a good talk too but i don't know i don't want to present something that's so simple that's boring to advanced students but i also don't know how advanced to go either from a technical aspect in terms of sleight of hand or even psychologically that it's that no one gets anything people don't get anything out of it it's really hard to know because i imagine there's a big variety of skill levels and i don't know if they are there because they saw magic on instagram once and wanted to check it out or if there's i think there are serious students too so i just don't yeah know. I, I would say you can lean towards um the 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 serious side of things like you can they'll keep up you know these are magic nerds like you know and, and i say that in the most endearing way possible because you know we're magic nerds as well uh, yeah. but you can throw some advanced topics and they'll catch on i yeah. mean again the ages for that i think you age out at like 18 yeah so i think it's like high school and then again as i view them all children <laughs> well i think there's also Below. a minimum there's also a minimum too like if you're under a certain age you, you're not even allowed to sign up oh that may be true yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know the details there but i think if you even if you play towards the you know the the higher end of the advanced stuff mm-hmm. that even like the younger kids who might not be uh, as familiar with those concepts they'll they'll get something out of it even just you know knowing what questions to then later ask the counselors or their peers sure. you know of how to really dive in deep i mean even just like i'm sure talking about the process of getting and running a vegas show would be interested and interesting to a lot of them because it's it's just a world that they're not part of you know yeah. and, and that's what kind of everyone aspires to that's the that's the end old that's the agt question right don't you dream of having your own vegas show and i guess and, it is that question yeah and 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 my response oh yeah great <laughs> <laughs> yeah y- you know i what you're referencing is how the the producers ask you questions and you kind of have to answer them yeah in a complete sentence so right. that people at home understand what you're talking about and right and you 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 have a, uh, a hard time doing anything that's sort of disingenuous. So if a question yeah. <laughs> if a question is intentionally trying to steer you towards something that you don't want to talk about, it, it just bleeds all over the the camera. Yeah, you you said at least it was like passable to anyone who didn't know me, but like for people who did know me, it's like the, the sarcasm or the the placating to them was yeah. very very. That's just clear. one example of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but even like the stuff talking about that might be interesting for the campers because I know we did a little like when I was there we did a little magic on TV panel about like some of that stuff and and how to go through AGT. I know our friend Derek Hughes was talking about some of the Carbonaro stuff. Um, so just having that kind of insight into what goes into a magic show might be interesting. And I know you did that talk at Magic Live right. that was similar to how you did your your special and. All the stuff that went into that. So that that would be fascinating. Yeah, I was thinking about getting into, because I know a lot of beginner magicians that want to do shows always 
ask about, I get to ask this a lot, is how to make the transition from close-up to stand-up, close-up to stage. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about maybe talking about some of the ways to, to make that transition as smooth as possible. Because a lot of times it can be a lot more nerve-wracking for people to jump in front of 600 people or a couple hundred people or even 50 people as opposed to three or four. Don't you just uh, do your close-up tricks on a stage? Isn't that the way to do it? You know, with iMag, that's not a bad solution, but there's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> do, do you know a lot of people that just have iMag systems at the ready? <laughs> uh, no, I guess no, not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I mean, that I think it's, it'd be funny if you went into like, you're like, I'm a close-up magician. I want to start getting into stand-up and you go to like a comedy club or whatever and you're going to work it out and you're like, hold on, I need to set up my iMag system yeah. first. <laughs> if I come in, uh, if a maze ball starts back up and I want to come in, can I set up like an iMag system? Like in between one performer and the next, I come up and like set it up? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that, that will be, that'll be a whole bit. We can choreograph it put music to it yeah have the audience sits silently and i haven't a clue how to do it so it'll be fun to just watch me struggle like i do with the riddles although today yeah. i did not struggle at all so you'll just stumble upon the answer yeah <laughs> maybe i'll plug this in here oh there it is it worked it worked <laughs> oh man well, I think that, that was a solid day today. This was a, a solid attempt at, at doing a podcast, and I think hopefully we'll, we'll hone it as we go. Yeah, uh, again, bear with us. This is episode one. We hope it'll get better. I mean, we say that, and if it doesn't, then, you know, we're just not learning anything, which is also fun. <laughs> <laughs> so no promises it'll get better, but ho we're hoping it'll get better as we go. And uh, if you did like it, follow us on all the social media at MindMagicPod or email us at MindOverMagicPodcast at gmail. Uh, and uh, anything else you want to plug? No, I think this will be available wherever people can find podcasts, hopefully. Is that yeah, correct? Tell, tell a friend if you liked it. Uh, tell them to tune in. And uh, yeah. And you know, if you're still listening now, at least at least check out number two, right? Yeah. What's number two? Oh, my God. Oh, the second episode. Yes. And that's not even a riddle. <laughs> now I know why you don't want me asking you the riddles. I was confused at what you meant by number two. And I'm well, there are the only, only there are only two meanings it could have had, and I wasn't <laughs> well, referring to the bathroom one. That's why I was confused. I mean. <laughs> wow. All right. On that note, I think we should call it. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, see ya. Bye-bye now.